welcome once again to Bodices and Corsets, the Nevers podcast, a weekly podcast on the television series The Nevers on HBO Max. I am one of your, I guess, co-hosts, that's what I would be, on from the state of New Hampshire, and with me in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going? Good. Excellent. And in the state of Missouri? Hi, this is Kevin. How's it going? Doing all right. Excellent. All right, very well. So, uh, folks who uh, stumbled upon us, uh, just a quick introduction, because uh, some people may have just found us. Uh, we're part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is a darkdiscussions.com, which is a news network uh, about movies, video games, all sorts of things. So, basically, if you want to follow genre in our house news, film news, all that, uh, it's a website you check out daily. There's also over 30 podcasts on the network where there's a bunch of reviews on and critiques on movies and TV shows and documentaries and all that other stuff. So uh, check it out. Uh, you also can find us on Facebook at Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group. And you can also email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com. If you do email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com, we will read your email on the podcast. So uh, also you can do it on uh, darkdiscussions.com, press the contact us form and uh, it'll send an email directly to us as well that way. Uh, so please do email us. We know there's listeners out there and uh, we would like to hear your thoughts and uh, your commentary on each episode as well. Uh, this is being recorded May 3rd, 2021 and hope to have this released on May 4th, 2021. And we are here to discuss episode four, Undertaking which uh, aired on HBO Max May 2nd, 2021. Um, all right. Uh, I guess we can get into our thoughts on the episode. Uh, so let's go with you, Barrett. Um, I have to say, from going from what I thought was one of the best episodes, we go to what I think is the worst episode of the season. Um, and I'm not saying it's horrible, but there are some things that happen that just happen a little too quickly to accept. And this episode felt a little jumbled to me. It felt very, con not confusing, but it felt like they were confused in what they were trying to tell us. Um, so it definitely wasn't my favorite episode. It, but again, it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't great. Like the other episodes have been for me. All right, very well. Uh, yeah, for me, um, I, I'm, I'm pretty much where you are, Barrett. Uh, I felt this episode was the weakest of the four. Um, it was uh, too much um, coincidence, too much assumptions, too many do ex machinas, too much levity, too much strange behaviors by some of the characters. Um, and yeah, yeah, so it was, it was somewhat weaker, uh, out of the, the four episodes by far. Again, I, I, I am with Barrett, which is, it's not horrible. It was, uh, in interesting, fun enough. Uh, it just, w just doesn't, um, hold a, uh, I guess a torch to the prior three episodes in my opinion. Uh, Kevin. Um, I have a feeling out of the three of us, I'm I'm going to say I'm the one who liked this episode the most out of the three of us. Uh, I mean, it's not 
the I don't know if I would I mean I'm not going to say it's the best episode I'm not going to say it's the worst episode I'm just going to say I enjoyed this episode all right short and sweet sounds good um now a couple of things about this episode uh let's see well first off last week's episode uh got the lowest ratings out of the three it dropped down to 448,000 viewers uh which um it doesn't look promising for i guess its eventual continuation um especially with with the money that they're probably putting into the show um but that also could mean a lot of things. But either way, um, this week's episode, uh, To Be Determined, the viewership, uh, it was directed by David Semmel, who was the uh, same director as last week's, and uh, written by someone named Madhuri Shikar. Um, so that's uh, the stuff behind the scenes. Um, I do know uh, The Nevers is now further dropped, oddly. Well, not oddly, but uh, further dropped on Rotten Tomatoes to 44% good reviews uh, since uh, its initial release, um, which which is making me think that further reviewers that uh, hadn't seen the the episodes from a, a screener are now seeing them, and uh, they're feeling similar to those who saw the screeners, which uh, makes it a quote-unquote rotten tomato. Um, again, that's that's uh, their opinions, those critics. Uh, I do know uh, on Facebook, a uh, large fan base, I'm on a couple of Nevers groups, uh, and yeah, these people are like uber fans, uh, so they're really loving it. They, they love this episode as much as any of the others, so um, I guess it depends on what floats your boat. Um, also if, you know, there, there could be, they could be also be quote unquote fanboys and fangirls also, but I, I just don't know. Um, but it was just an interesting observation I saw. Um, anything that anybody here wants to say, I've heard, or you, Kevin, uh, a generalization on, um, the, the series at far, uh, it's possible survival and it's, um, I guess drop and rating uh, on, on Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. Anyone want to comment on any of these I, things? I feel like that drop in ratings might be directly related to this particular episode if it dropped, you know, since yesterday or whatever. Um, because there's a definite, definite difference in the level of, well, not in quality, but just the story between last week and this week. And that, you know, could be due to last week's story was so good. It's hard to compare. Um, and I don't know, as far as it continuing, I think that they, I feel like the story is being told really quickly, um, more quickly than they, the writers would like. I don't know. It just feels that way to me. Like it's being pushed out quick. Um, that's a good sign. Right. Well, how many episodes do they have? Cause I mean, they may have, um, you know, they may be, I mean, I remember when we were doing Lovecraft Country, I mean, it was, I don't know, it they, it was, oh no, yeah, it was choppy and all that, but, you know, and it's just, it, they, the, the story did not flow very well, where this one, I don't know, I, I think it flows pretty well, it's just, I mean, you're going to have your 
slow episodes and you're going to have your full of action. So, I mean, if they can do episodes that are exciting, like last week's, and do those a little bit more often or at least add in those types of uh, types of, you know, elements, then the show probably will the, the ratings will probably go back up again. And uh, I didn't yeah. feel I just want to interject there. I didn't feel like this episode was slow. I felt like it had just as much action as the episode before it. I just didn't feel it was as well. I don't know, maybe directed or. It, it it just did not feel right compared to the last episode. All right. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, there's, there's, there are a couple questions I had and there's a couple, I think the couple things that I, I didn't, I, I didn't quite catch very well. So I was, uh, and we'll get to it, but, um, I mean, one of the things that I have to compliment the show on is actually with, um, primrose the the really tall like the 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 14 foot girl i think it i I mean that's how tall she looked when you see her going through the funeral and all that she looked like they did the special effects so well it looked like she was there even though obviously she wasn't but they they did such a good job of putting her in there and, and mixing her in with the group that you know it looked like there really was a 14 foot girl there. I was impressed. I, I, I was just impressed with that. Well, um, I'll, I'll, uh, compare what Barrett said. You said, Kevin, um, I, I think Barrett said an excellent thing, which is the quality. And when Barrett says quality and interrupt me, Barrett, if, if I may speak, but I think what Barrett means with quality doesn't necessarily mean, uh, the set design, the special mm-hmm. effects, Correct. the costume design, um, the acting, and and even the the stunt work. I mean, uh, everything about the show is top notch. Oh, I know uh, that. quality. I think the, I what Barrett means and and the the what will be the do or die for the show uh, will be the screenwriting and where the story happens to work in that screenwriting. Go on, Kevin. No, I I got what Barrett said. Oh, I'm right. I'm not. I'm not necessarily speaking to you. I'm speaking to the audience that's listening to the podcast oh. as well. But in case continue. they didn't get what I meant. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah yeah so I guess I guess the screenwriting will determine. Um, yeah, I, I agree with with Barrett too that uh, it wasn't slow. If anything, he I think you're right, Barrett. It, it's a little too quick. It um, felt frenetic. Frenetic is the word I would use. <laughs> How it felt. Yeah. Well, one one of the criticisms I read in some of the reviews was the jumbling of stories and the numerous yep. characters because there's so many characters um and and one of the characters uh which is uh, again those who have listened to this podcast have probably watched the show because otherwise why else would you be listening to the podcast because it's a, a tv show not a movie review um you're here to hear different critiques and whatnot uh there's characters like like uh the character I won't say the name yet because we'll get into it. But the the traitor um, was a, was a character that appears uh, somewhat, and then isn't really there much. And then I don't, I don't know. It looks like it was like it was a character. They said, "Well, we need a a traitor." So episode three, let's let's add a new character or focus on a character, and then 
episode four, they get rid of her. And it's like, okay. So it, it just felt like they needed something. And so they just add a new character after they wrote character, uh, you know, the first two scripts and they didn't go back and say, Hey, let's add this character now that we're going to make her an important character, uh, especially on episode four, let's add some scenes, uh, where she plays an important role in episode one and episode two and, and whatnot. And, and they didn't do it. So I didn't really have, I know some people did, I, I don't, you know, had levity or not levity. I, uh, had feelings for this character, but I, I didn't really care too much about the character. Didn't know her well enough in last episode. Uh, they have a, a big reveal where she, her daughter or, or, or son, I forget which, but either way, her child, uh, is, is, is killed because of her, her power, a sad scene, whatever, but you know, it was just, it was just there for three, four minutes and that's it. Uh, I didn't have anything invested with the character. And then, um, and then in this episode, they have her be the traitor. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, it felt, felt like a do ex machina similar to, um, uh, Mundy being a boxer out of the blue. It's like, okay, they didn't develop that earlier. And then they just suddenly say, okay, he was a boxer that was professional. And everybody knows who he was. And it's like, okay. Well, so, that, I don't know. that, yeah, that part, of, I'm sorry, but that, that part about Mundy didn't bother me. It was the, the thing that I, that I was questioning about is like, how did they figure out that the traitor was the traitor? I, that's the part that I was trying to, I mean, they just kind Let's, of, why don't we throw up spoilers so we can yeah. discuss this part? Because I think this part's the most, the crux of the whole episode and part of the problem with the whole episode. Yeah. And, and again, we're throwing up a spoiler, but again, we're, we're assuming, unlike our other podcasts, like Halloween Boutique, Secretary Reviews, Dark Discussions podcast, uh, which is the flagship podcast and various other podcasts on the network. Um, we usually throw up a spoiler, but, but the TV episodes, we really usually don't, but, but fair enough, let's, you know, just as a warning anyway. But, uh, yeah, we, let's, let's talk about it because that is, I, I think, the, the big thing in the, the episode. Um, so, Barrett, yeah, you, you were saying. Well, I just, like you said, they, they just didn't do enough to establish her as a traitor. Or they, you know, they made us feel for her so much with this baby thing and that, Amalia had taken her in and then they turn her traitor. It's just, it's, it was a really hard believability level for me. Um, I don't know. It just didn't, it felt quick. Like if they could have had an episode where she was doing some things that seemed iffy, then I might've been able to accept it more, but it was just too rushed. Yeah, I, I guess but you could say they, they didn't want us to figure it out and they wanted to make it a big reveal, I guess. But again, the character really doesn't play any significance until episode three, really. And then even there, um, I, I didn't feel uh, it was that important because she didn't seem like part of the inner circle from in episodes one or two of Amalia. And then in episode four is when we're revealed that she's the traitor. And it's like, okay, 
it's like I don't know. I, I felt that was really never really introduced to the character long enough where I even cared about her. And like you said, it's like how how did they figure it out too that she was a traitor? What well, also know? changes Lord Masson's character too? Like he's had a spy in there all along. Right. So right. the way he's reacted to them and stuff, I don't know. It just you would think that we would have noticed some little thing either from Lord Masson or from her that would have given something small away. And the characters in the show shouldn't know any quicker than we do. <laughs> and I think we don't really figure out until she confronts her in the place. Right. Right. That, that's true. That's true. And it, it was but weird. she obviously was... had an idea that it was her because this is kind of her way of testing her, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, or, or she wasn't meaning Amelia wasn't a hundred percent sure until she broke open the box that turns out to have uh, rocks instead of munitions. Because why else would she bring her all the way to the warehouse to make this big confrontation when you would think she would just do it at the orphanage. Well, and did she have like a vision? If so, we didn't get to see it. So that didn't lend credence to that. Right. Yeah, and I, what good are her visions? They don't seem to do any good at all, but she seems to be leading her life based on them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I if guess anything, my question, yeah. I mean, one of the things I wonder is she has this vision that she goes in Lord Maston's, you know, office. What if she doesn't? What if she says, "Okay, I'm right"? Not that's what I was saying to my wife. I was like, "So she she won't change the future, or she can't? She sees it that way, so she's like, it has to be that way." I don't understand that. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Just... No, no, you're 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 right. I mean, that's just it. Because I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I saw. Like if I like if I saw like if I was there at a certain time and then like somehow because I'm there, I would something bad would happen. It's like, OK, well, guess what? I'm not going to go there. Right. I avoid that place <laughs> like the plague. And, you know, let's see what happens. You know, I, I don't know. I just that is that is one thing that makes me kind of like, all right. So what if, you know, this happens instead? I don't know. I just, I mean, yeah, she does seem to rely on it. Now, granted, there are some visions like, you know, you, it's going to happen, but you don't know when, you don't know where, you know, like you, you, something's going to happen and, you know, and maybe you don't recognize when or where or whatever. I don't know. But the, the, uh, I don't know, it just, it just seems a little, at the same time, though, she uses the vision. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to go to Lord Matson's office, and because she goes to Lord Matson's office, she essentially find she essentially deduces that Matson's the one who was ultimately responsible for, um, yeah, Mary's death. So, I mean, that does help her. Yeah, it does. But she's leading her life like these visions are leading her onward. And yet I feel like the show is hiding some of her visions from us because it would give too much away. 
but then it makes her power seem seem useless. And so it also feels like since they're not showing it to us, it's not happening, right? So yeah, it makes her power look, look useless, but yet she's living her life by it. <laughs> right, and, and, and I'm also looking at, at that, I guess, power as... I mean, I, I always completely forget about it, it seems, because it's weird because she has, like, two powers because she's kind of like a superhero fighter, too. Yeah. And and that's not explained whether that's part of the touch or if that was martial arts or fencing or something that she learned beforehand. No, I think it's, I think it's part of the touch, kind of like the agile guy we see in here. I think he became agile and he got those shields that he can create and jump on yeah. and block and all that stuff okay yeah that, that's right, my yeah. feeling but i can't say that for sure that that's what they intend but that's what it seems like seems like everybody has like a minor and major talent almost gotcha yeah that that's fair that's fair because because they always talk about amelia's seeing or whatever it's called and yet it's never presented uh, that significantly in the show and and each time it's only for like you know four seconds or, or less and and it's really her her uh, fighting power that that is the focus, and and I keep on forgetting all about her uh, her seeing, you know, stuff because yeah. you know, and the way they're using her power makes it seem like they don't know what to do with it. Right, right, and and oddly, the the seeing power we we learn. I mean, the the first episode they used it really good because they she says, all right, we have to go to the opera because that's what I saw. But the other times they show something and they're very nondescript for us, the audience. And then, but fortunately we, we, you know, we find out pretty quick. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, I guess it gives her, her detective ability to go in to the next scene, I guess. But yeah. I think it's right now for me the biggest flaw of the show, and it's it's starting to weigh down on me as we get further into the season. Yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, because I'm looking here. Speaking of um, the cast, it says ni- there's 19 people in the main cast. Never mind recurring roles after that, and so, so on. So there is a lot of cast members. Um, unfortunately, though, yeah, a lot of them don't have enough screen time. Um, to really make us have any, um, you know, weight, you know, or, or, or empathy for them necessarily. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, how did she figure out that Lucy was the traitor? Unless it was one of those visions, like you said, Barrett. Yeah. That they didn't show us or something. And that's what, yeah. I mean, it, it felt like that had to come from a vision that, you know, I don't know. It just, it seemed too convenient. Right. Well, let's, let's uh, start going through some of the scenes and, and discuss some of the stuff. I mean, I, I had some other problems with this episode, too. Like, Mundy just assumes it's Swan. That's the bat. That, yeah. You know, it's like, where did, he, where did that come from? He just goes, he, he says, talks to two guys they arrest at the funeral. And they say, yeah, we we're paid. 
but they don't say who paid them because they don't really know. They got it through like a third party or something. And then immediately the next scene we see Mundy, he's he's threatening Swan's life, and it's like yeah, because how- because the, on the the card they gave him the directions and all that. On the back there was a Swan on it. Right. Yeah, but a good policeman. I know it was his girlfriend that died, but a good policeman would know that criminals are survivors and the smart ones survive for a long time and they frame other criminals. You know, all you have to do is get, get the swan symbol, put it on a card or, or just get his card when you go to the whorehouse and then, and then write things on it and pass it off to these bozos. And then, and then immediately, Oh, here's a clue, but this doesn't mean anything because it could be, a setup to set Swan up as the the villain. When, as a detective, I know that you know I, these twenty other criminals don't like Swan, so they they're trying to frame him. You know, so there's so many things that are just sloppy in this episode that that I, I really had questions, or it took me out of. I, I should say more than I have questions for, because I, I mean I see what they're doing. It's just that it was sloppy. I felt. Yeah. Mm. And then, and then, you know, him being a boxer, it was like they could have mentioned that he was a boxer, a famous boxer in one of the earlier episodes. Again, like you said, Kevin, it really doesn't matter. But it did feel like a do ex machina. It came out of nowhere. It's like, okay, this guy. And then, of course, it shows that he's kind of, I guess, the reason people don't like police officers, especially in present day 2021, because he was going to beat the hell out of two people under his his uh, protection as as arrested. You know, so he was, he was going to be a, a bad cop, basically. So that kind of gave me like a, you know, I don't know. It's just most of these are, things are probably little things, but they're enough that they added up. And I was, I just got kind of um, flustered with the episode, I guess. I mean, um, the general idea of the story, I really liked that there's a war going on. And when Amalia is confronting um, Lord Masson and, you know, he's like, yeah, we're, we're in a war and, you know, that's what's going on. And he says it all kind of veiled. Right. Um, right. And I like how. Well, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to add to that. There was that was a pretty good scene because it, uh, she came right to the conclusion and said, OK, he's he's the bad guy. He killed Mary, which I still don't know if he did. I, I don't think he did. I mean, I think I just think he had a spy in 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 the orphanage because he yeah, me too. doesn't like them. Um, but everything he said was interesting because he, he said, he even said that, it, you know, not personally saying it was Mary, but said Mary dying was kind of her own fault in a sense. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that's true because, because no one, no one, uh, um, is necessarily guilty for their own death. But, but I, I, I think what he meant was, you know, her being high profile and becoming whatever she set herself up to be, um, a target for basically the, the 1899 London version of bigots, you know? And, yep. and so that isn't necessarily make mass and the murderer, all it is, is him saying, Hey, maybe you can look at it this way too, which is, you know, you guys are, are, 
aren't liked. Wrongly, obviously, but still aren't liked. And um, the people that are going to go after you are going to go after you. And I think Lavinia is the murderer. That's what I think, too. I think she was yeah. worried that... She doesn't want them to get together as a group, because then she can't pick them off and put them down to mining for the blue orb. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and, and if you notice, she's been uh, very... Uh, missing in this episode. I mean, yeah. they mentioned her name a couple of times. Like, well, she was at the funeral. Yeah, that's true. But but during the investigation, the whole investigation is pointing to the obvious villains that we, we've mentioned. You know, like uh, um, Masson, Swan, um, uh, the, the the Beggar King. You know, we we mentioned all this last episode. We said who the there's four or five villains that could be the real villain. Well, and, and I never thought Augie was, even though Penance was going to check on him. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> that was crazy. That no, no one thinks he's the villain. I mean, and anybody who's watching the show knows he's not the villain. So I don't even know why they had that scene. I know. Make well, them well, get, back, get together. Them back together. I guess. They yeah. Had, yeah, they had to do that scene so that they could. So they can bring those two back together again. And I have to confess, I liked that scene. I mean, it was humorous, but it was also the fact that, you know, they, they, it was obvious that they got along when they first met and, you know, and he's just, you know, and the thing is that might also prove as a connection where he might, Augie might end up being the spy for, uh, on his his sister Mm -hmm. uh, because of it. Well, and it showed him directing the cr- the group of crows, the murder of crows. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I thought. Yeah, and I mean that. Yeah, that. Because I mean, because you know, the only power that we thought of at first was, oh, well, he can just see through their eyes. But no, it's more than that. He can he can control them. Yeah. Oh uh, well, I kind of figured he could control them because when the the crow was following Penance uh, two episodes ago, I figured the crow was actually being controlled by him and it wasn't just flying around and he was looking out the, the crow's eye. So, but you're right. This, this definitely clarifies it for those who, who missed it. Well, uh, it was grew, a group of crows. He can't just do one. He could do multiple. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> his powers, power is more powerful than it was. What he even knows, I think, I think he's learning it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the scene was fun. It was, it was good. I, I probably enjoyed it, uh, as much as you, Kevin. Um, <clears throat> it's just that the, again, the, the whole setup for it was was silly because she comes in and she goes, "You're a murderer. You're guilty," and it's like, "What?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, again, she may be a buffoon when it comes to investigation, but it was still um, uh, a little little odd how, how it how it began. I and felt. then again, her invention breaking and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it was there for a lot of levity because I think the whole yeah. audience knows he's not guilty. So right, the whole scene was was to just make some levity and 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 fun in the, I guess in the show. Um, and that's the thing is that we have all these these quote unquote villains being uh, interviewed by the, the the you know the the orphanage folk, and yet we all know it's well we don't know but. We, I think I think you pretty much you guys pretty much summed it up, which is we know it's Lavinia. Well, <laughs> and Penance is the only one that catches on to that when she approaches him and she realizes he didn't do it. Then she starts thinking of Lavinia. 
Right, right. Which was interesting, too, because that comes out of nowhere, too, because mm-hmm. Lavinia is the one that owns the orphanages and has, quote-unquote, saved all of them. So I don't know how she would just suddenly jump to Lavinia, you know, but uh, I, I wish that was more explained earlier, why they even thought Augie was guilty, first of Me all. Me, too. Yeah. Because yeah, I have no idea why they thought Augie was guilty. I, I, I just don't get it. Aside well, from her being mad that he spurned her. <laughs> I think that's why. Yeah. Because they didn't have anything else, and so she was kind of the, I think it's him. And so I I personally think that um, um, Amelia just said, yeah, just go question him. You know, just kind of. Kind of just okay, fine. Go ahead, do your do your thing, and you know, just leave me alone, type of thing. Yeah, that makes sense, Kevin. I, I, I can go with that. That yeah. works for me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. So I, I think all this is just red herrings, and and whatnot, because we, all in all, we 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 pretty much already know the. I think they they gave away the true villain way too early. If you really look back, because if Lavinia is having people with the touch being lobotomized and becoming uh, murderous slaves as well as uh, digging slaves, we we pretty much know that she's the villain. And I think everybody else is just red herrings. I mean, they may be bad people or they may be bigots or they may be this or that, but the real villain of the show, I think, I think it has to be Lavinia. I mean, I think she could be working with Masson. I think that is a very strong possibility. Uh, Yeah. It it might be that they're just working together. Yeah. I mean, I, you you know what, if, if this show was, was made like eight years ago, I think they would have made, um, Masson just a red herring because, you know, he's just, I guess you could argue he's just a bureaucratic, uh, high class for a bigot, right? And now that, that, um, you know, with, with, um, what what do you, what do you call it? Uh, um, identity politics is so important at least right now in the united states and i think it's elsewhere too um that's a perfect example of where they would have dual villains and and say lavinia is the villain but you know what let's make him the villain too um rather than a, a true red herring well yeah nowadays they do the whole it's become more common to do you've got a puppet that thinks they're not that they're the puppeteer and they're being controlled by a puppeteer <laughs> Right, right, because Lavinia may be even more powerful and financially wealthy than Masson, and maybe he's in power because of people like Lavinia. Yeah. And and so you're right. So maybe he – but I can't believe he's the one pulling the strings by any means. I actually th- still think that his character may turn out to be the the bad guy that – redeems himself and again we're, we're assuming his daughter's in the dungeon and i i think he's going to come out and go what have i done i've screwed up and i think that's where they're going to go with that character but you never know you he, they may have him as as a mini boss before you get to the big boss fight which will be yeah. Lavinia. you know yep. for my video game references um 
Yeah, so I don't know. It's, it's it'll be curious uh, see what's going on. But yeah, I, I, all in all, I, I think Lavinia is is going to be the the big villain, and her being discussed as the villain. Besides um, Penance saying it in passing as as a almost as a joke, because uh, I don't even think she felt it was true. Um, make, makes it more obvious uh, since it stands out more obvious because of it um i don't know but um all right so let's talk about some of the stuff let's talk about the funeral uh what, what did you guys think of amelia not being at the funeral i thought that was just bizarre and why they had that scene if anything they should have had her I, it was just weird i i just felt it was weird that she wasn't at the funeral but even more so that she was quote-unquote partying it was weird moping yeah. somewhere well, you know i, I mean it tells you a little bit about her character. I mean, it's, I mean, that's, um, the, the one cop, I forgot his name. I mean, he was, he was angry that she wasn't there, but it turned out that the reason why she wasn't there, she was investigating, you know, cause remember what, when she was in the bar, but then later on, she said she got that information from a fiddler. And so, I mean, that but, was and so because you could tell like when she reached up when she when she was kind of talking with the fiddler you could see her reaching in for something and it wasn't the fiddle you know I mean well, she was reaching for something so I mean wh- let me I, ask you this question then Kevin because I'm confused don't most people who when you would think whether they're a private investigator or a police officer and in this case I would call her a quote unquote private investigator if, if that's the case. Uh, you would think she she could just wait the, until the next night instead of the day well, of, of a funeral. It's her. I mean, she actually got. I mean, she. There was that one scene with her and um, with Penance. Yeah, Penance. She was having that argument with Penance. You know, and the, that that whole thing was. You know, and she said, you know, why weren't you at the funeral? And she said, I I dealt with this my own way. You know, so she didn't go to the funeral not because she didn't care. But because she did care and she would rather use that time like as quickly after it happened so she can so she can find out, you know, who did this and all that sort of thing. I mean, it it was in poor taste, in my opinion. But at the same time, though, she did it because that was what she thought she she had to do to help. um, I guess you could say. uh, um, get justice for her. Yeah, I mean, you're explaining exactly what what makes sense. It's just that I think it was a weird screenwriting choice. Is all. <laughs> I did like the the fight she caused by getting the drink from one guy and kissing the other guy. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty fun. But yeah, it didn't fit in with the the funeral scene for me. So it kind of was lopsided and, you know, I'm supposed to feel bad about Mary being dead. And then she's in there, you know, kissing guys, drinking beer and starting fights. Well, like I said, she did that because she was, you know, investigating and she was trying to figure out and she was getting information. And so, I mean, that it would, all that was kind of a front for her. Um, she wasn't really partying. It was more of, all right, I'm, I have to do this to get information. Yeah. I understand why she was doing what she yeah. was doing. It's just the scenes felt they didn't, 
they didn't fit together, so that kind of made the show feel a little weird at that point. It was no, taking me from one I, emotion to a totally different emotion. Yeah, it actually kind of makes me uh, make makes Amelia a less likable character. I feel it but, does. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. Oh, Whether she was working is, on the case or not. But the thing is, is that that's what Amelia was actually trying to say, or in the in their earlier episode, and that's what she was talking to. Um, to marry about she's like you know i'm not a hero i mean she's saying i am not a hero i drink i go and have sex with guys i don't even know their names and all that sort of thing i mean she's essentially saying look i am i am not the hero you think i am well she's trying to be the reluctant hero but she wants to still be the leader which makes her somewhat not likable (laughs) yeah and and again i i think it's it's just the the weird way that the the, the screenwriting is. Uh, yeah, her character is character. inconsistent, right? Yeah. yeah. If she was always that way, I'd be okay. But at other times, she wants to lead the group and be in total control. And if you don't want to be the hero, you're not in charge. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're usually like a loner or something or, or yeah. whatever. You know? Yeah. 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 So that dichotomy is just not working for me. It might work for others. It's not working for me. But I love her yeah. character, too. So it makes it really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've never seen this actress before, and she's, she's, she's great. And, and the character feels real to me, uh, you know, as a, as a presence on the screen. So it's, it's not her fault by any means. It's, if anything, it's, I, would, I would say it's Josh Whedon's fault for maybe rushing the project. Maybe, uh, maybe he had other things on his mind because he knew he was in trouble. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, again, I, I think that this show will live and die based off of the screenwriting more than anything else. Um, but we still have uh, at least two more episodes and then they're doing a hiatus. And well, I have I to say, this might be my worst episode for this season, but it still was really good, and it's still miles above anything the stand put out. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, oh no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, this this <laughs> this was uh, still uh, a way better episode than any any episode of of the the stand from Paramount Plus CBS All Access. That yeah, me no, being uh, critical doesn't mean I didn't like the episode. It just means I'm seeing some of the flaws that I don't like, and I'd like them to fix it. <laughs> right. Well, I'll, I'll be a little more harsh, which is I, I, I didn't really like the episode much at all, but uh, it's not enough for me to trash the, the entire series, that's for sure. Because the other See, the three thing episodes... is, like I said, I liked this episode. I mean, it... I mean, no, yeah. This is good. It, it, your perspective. It had it had some drawbacks, yeah. But you know, like the the confusion, like how did we, how did they figure out that? I mean, can can I mention the traitor's name now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, how did they know that it was Lucy? You know, I still can't figure out how did they. Because I mean, I have to admit, one of the things that I did like was I liked the the uh, the meeting with uh, Emil and Martson. I I mean I, I yeah it was great. I, I thought it was a great meeting. I mean Shiva kind of came out and said, you know he's good, you know. And I also enjoyed the meeting with Penance and Augie because I mean 
it was humorous and all that sort of thing. And it, and it was like Augie was starting to feel more his his own, you know, feel in his own, feel like his own oats or whatever, if you will. Where first he was kind of a little awkward and fight, he was still awkward, but he was he was the least awkward that we've seen him for the most part in this whole series so far. And he's just like, you know what? Forget acquaintances. I want to be your friend. You know, I, he's just like, look, I, it was all, um, what's it? Lavinia's fault. It was Lavinia that made me do this. And you know what? It was, it was stupid. I, I, I regret it. I, I want to be your, I, he just came out and said, look, I want to be your friend. And, um, and, you know, and the whole thing with the, 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 the the recording device under uh, Penance's skirt and all that, and it kind of fizzes out and all that. And she's like, ah. There yeah. are a lot of good scenes in this episode. Like the scene between Nimble and Annie is a really awesome scene, I think. Um, it's just the way they brought all these scenes together and the lack of information in some of the things that are found out is what hurts this episode the most. Otherwise, I think it, it would be matching the other episodes. Well, yeah. that's I mean, another... A problem with with the nimble scene was it was Dimble Jack appears and it's like why didn't they have him introduced in any of the other so, so it's like I would have felt I mean it was a good scene but it's like okay yeah. now they're introducing a nineteenth character on right the show. you know and it's like why didn't they just go with with a bigger king and have the confrontation with him or if they're going to have this side character come in maybe they should have introduced him earlier. You know, it's just like, okay, they're just adding... I don't know why he's not the king. (laughs) I mean, that was one of the problems with this character. Right? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) If he has that power. Also, also, um, I'm still confused why Amelia walked out of that meeting with Masson saying he's guilty. If anything, I would have came out of that meeting thinking he was a jerk, not that... Or he's a good chess player. I still don't know if he's guilty or not. That's what it should have been. Right. Well, he, he might be. In, <laughs> I, I still didn't see anything that he said that made him guilty. What it made him be is, I don't like you people. Yeah. Is what he said. But I didn't hear him say one thing in that meeting that says, I, I, I killed killed your, your friend, Mary. I, I didn't see that. Anything right. that she's just a casualty. Loop. She's just a casualty of a war that's already started. He didn't say he started it. There's right. a war going on. You are not accepting that this war is going on. She is a casualty of the war, and that's too bad. She put herself in that position, and you helped put her there. Right, exactly. That's my, my thing, is that, that she yeah. was put there. Yeah, and, and so even though he has no empathy, and he doesn't, he's a bigot to them, that doesn't mean that he is at fault. You know, I mean, I mean, and when I say at fault, meaning he was the murderer, you know, I mean, he, you could argue that he's part of the, he's a fault because he's part of the, the, um, systematic war and all that stuff. Yeah. But, but he, I don't think he was the one that said, kill this girl, Mary. No, I don't think so either. Right. Well, and he had a really good point, which is, um, you, you people, you know, meaning the touched killed six of my friends at, at the opera. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I didn't get any, any justice for that. You know, and even if it is Malady, who's a, uh, a, um, 
wackadoodle. Free freelancer or a wackadoodle if you prefer. And she's not part of the quote unquote um orphanage group. Um he doesn't care, right? Especially I mean he just looks at they're the enemy because you guys just killed my people. And then you know she you know she could say, Well, it wasn't me, that's Malady, she's not part of us. And maybe he would agree to it. So I, I don't, but, but she doesn't bring that up. Right. She just, I don't know. It's just, I don't know that, that whole scene, it was an excellent scene. It's just that I don't see the ending after she leaves. I still, I have no idea how yeah. we are supposed to think Come to her conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and so there's another thing that bothered me in the very beginning of the episode is how f- how much bonfire Annie's being let into their confidences. Right. But she's being very confrontational against Amalia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like think she's trying to was... start, a, you know, an insurrection in her own little group. Yeah. Well, I see, I, like I, I said from the beginning, I didn't like how that character was introduced because she's with the villain. Right. One of the villains. And then, She's suddenly best friends and in the inner circle. And it's like, we just met you like yesterday. Couldn't you be a spy yourself? You right. know, if anything, I would have said she would have been the spy, not Lucy. Lucy's right. been with, with Amelia from the very beginning. Well, yep. Mary's dead now, and you're now part of the inner circle. It's like, you know, so I, I don't know. It's just, you know, I, I may be upsetting people who like the show. And, I, and again, I like the show, but. I'm beginning to see some flaws in in the show, and yep. I, I'm just sad about it. Um, you know, if I if I've said these things in that group that I am on Facebook, I would probably be um, burned at the stake. Yeah, ostracized yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not, I'm not trying to beat it on purpose. I'm just trying to make observations. You know, and oh, you know, yeah, critical yeah. think. The one thing I had a question about, uh, at least about um, consistency, was that I, I'm going to go back to the warehouse with the with the fight between Lucy and uh, Amelia, and you know, obviously Lucy's hand, you know, it's her touch that that makes things essentially break, you know, or even like shatter. But the thing is, is that at the end, you know. Um, yeah, Amelia just beats the stuffing out of her. Her face is you know, all bloodied up. And then there's one point where Mary, uh, Lucy is kind of crawling on the ground, but she's touching stuff like rocks and things like that, and nothing's breaking. It was almost as if her power had run out at that See, point. I was thinking that, but the thing is, I don't know if that's what happened or not. So I know, I- they're not giving us any information on that. Yeah, and that that's the part. It's like, the, does that mean that you know um, Amelia beat it out of her, or was it just a, a hole in the plot? Well, she made the whole Earth crack, so might, that might have been her last gasp of major power, and maybe it has to recharge. Yeah. I don't know. There, there's no good explanation on that because I would not have wanted to fight her. <laughs> no, because I mean, one punch. Or is it just her hands just, that do it? It's just her hands. And they're making an assumption there. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it seems like it's her hands that does it. Well, she hasn't well, really explored it because she's so afraid of it, kind of. 
Well, I mean, at the same time, though, if you think about it, if I mean, how how does she eat? I mean, now granted, I'm really thinking about this. Well, well, she she's wearing gloves all the time. She's doing but, Elsa from from Frozen. Yeah, but gloves. I mean, my point is, is that if she, I mean, if she, you know, put like a fork to her mouth to eat it, I mean, the the fork didn't shatter. Right. So I'm I'm thinking you, you're right. It, it has to do just with hands. just the hands. It's yeah. Got to be hands. You know, it's kind of like the one woman who everything she touched with her hands floated. Right. You yeah, know, the, the Italian woman. Yeah. Yeah, the Italian woman. So I mean, I, I, that's my whole point. Yeah. No. That, that, that's that's fair. Um, I, I also felt uh, the whole thing was a little odd too. Uh, Amelia doesn't seem like the type of person that would give. Um, I guess empathy to a traitor, and 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 when she says you have to leave on boat or whatever, I, I just I just didn't believe it. It seemed like if anything, you would either arrest her and put her in jail for life, or you would shoot her. I I can't believe she would just say you you're banished. Please leave and go to uh, France and well, be I there. For them. Don't think she could have had had her arrested because she was basically working for Masson who's basically a power person in the city. But um, she, I think she had a change of heart because of penance. Um, well, yeah. That, but, 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 what, but what would penance, if penance found out that, yeah, she's the reason Mary's dead, or at least partially the reason Mary's dead, I don't think penance would have much uh, She did. For her they had is. that whole, no, they had that whole discussion earlier on in the episode. <clears throat> All right, explain that discussion. I, I, I well, penance wanted to kill anybody. Yeah, she, she was. She says, but nope, that was before did. they found out it was a traitor. Yeah, but I think even then, penance would be like, yeah. All right. not not kill them. Yeah. All right, that's fair. But it is very. It, it happens so quickly. It's hard. I could see if she, like, at some point had killed somebody that Penance thought she shouldn't have, and they had had a huge blowout about it, then this next time, she would have a harder time doing it. But in this particular case, they just had a discussion about it, and it didn't happen but a day ago or whatever, half a day ago. It's hard for me to believe she had this total change of personality just from that discussion right then. Right, right. So I see where you're coming from. Right, right, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's. I guess everybody would be different, um, but I, I still think Amelia is the type of person that would want justice, not okay. You're banished. Go, go to France or USA or Ireland or somewhere else. You know. Well, I, mean, I think part of it is because they, they, because they've had that uh, relationship, and. I mean, she even said, look, I did not mean I, I did not know that they were going to kill her. And I think uh, Amelia pretty much just said, you know what, you, you probably she I think she believed her realizing it. it's almost like one of the this reminded me a little bit of Godfather Part Two when. OK, I mean, this is old, so I'm going to spoil it that, um, you know, the brother was the traitor. Um, yeah, uh, Fredo, Fredo. Fredo. Right, that's it. Thank you, Fredo. Fredo was the, the the betrayer, and Fredo later said, "Look, I didn't know that they were gonna, because they're the the whole thing. What happened was is that somebody you know tried to shoot, um, 
Al Pacino's character, uh, Michael Corleone, and he knew that there was a trait and, you know, he figured that there was a traitor in his own family. And it turned out it was his brother. And he and the and Fredo later on said, look, I didn't know that they were going to try to kill you. I just thought that they wanted to talk. And I and so that's why for the longest time, um, Michael didn't want to didn't want him dead. He, he's like, OK, I'm not going to kill you. You know, because you're my brother, you know, and for well, long- that's not true. The, the reason he didn't kill him was because well, he was waiting for his mother to die. Yeah. Yep. But, <laughs> but the thing is, is that, well, even well at the end, at the end of Cuba, he says, look, I know it was you. It broke my heart. And, and you know, Fredo was running away and, and Michael was yelling out, you're my brother. Come back here. You know, type of thing. Right. So well, I, well, when, when he goes think- to Robert Duvall, uh, you know, Tom Hagen, he goes, what do you want me to do with him? And he goes. As long as my mother's alive, don't do anything. Let him, you know, just leave him be. Yeah. Uh, and, no, no, and, I know what you mean, but I mean the whole point is it reminded me a little bit of that that scene, and I think maybe familiar was is that for Amelia, it was more, you know, you we were you know we were in this together. We were like we were, they pretty much started the orphanage themselves. I mean, they were pretty much together when they started the orphanage. And so they they were kind of close. And so she's like, look, I, and not only that, I mean, she probably did want to kill her. But then she also remembered Penance, who was also uh, very close friends with her. And it was because of pet, the, the little Penance that Penance made for her. That's when she said, I, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. because That's true. They they, they showed the little pen, uh, pennant. Yep, that's true. Pendant. Pendant. That's what pendant. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. So she just said, look, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. And that's when Pennant said, well, okay, well, time I'll make a bigger one. How big do I have to make it? They they have to to put her in jail then or something. I don't know. But hold it. Let me do my, uh, my, uh, John Cazell as Fredo. I'm smart. I'm not stupid. Like everyone says, I'm smart. I had to do my Godfather impressions. He was smart right up until the end. (laughs) <laughs> and you know what's funny about uh, John Cazell, too, is that he's from Boston. So when he does say smart, he really does say smart. He doesn't say smart. <laughs> so yeah, he and he's supposed to be from New York. Yeah, but, he doesn't well, sound like a New Yorker when he does it. No, no, no. He's, he definitely sounds like a Bostonian. I was laughing my ass off every time I see that scene because it, it's like, he's Boston. Because everybody doesn't know that. They, they forget that Cazell was from Boston. Um uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I, I uh, uh, just think that th- there was no punishment for her, except that she's banished. It's like big deal, you know. I don't know. Yeah, it, she's already got her own punishment from her child dying. You can tell that that is going to be the only thing that weighs on her for the rest of her life. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. yeah. So banishment doesn't do any good. She doesn't care about that. She'll come back in some other way because why would she care what they have to say? She's dead already in her in her mind. Yeah. Also, too, that that other speech too, where uh, Amelia says, you know, we we were there together three years ago, formed the orphanage together, and all that. But again, Lucy's character was so insignificant until episode three. If, and even then, she she didn't really play a big role except for that one scene when they're they're questioning that woman, and 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 so it's like I didn't really have any 
any any anything um any empathy or anything for the character i didn't have any 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 of my feelings into the character the character didn't seem important to me and so you know like penance was always with amelia in episode one and episode two and had a has plays a, a big role in in all the episodes and if if lucy was that important of a character and created the orphanage and all that they they, they should have had her uh as someone of importance in the first two episodes to make me I think they were relying invested with her. Yeah, I think they were relying too much on her killing her baby as as trying to draw empathy from us. I think that's, you know, yeah. where they were trying to get that from. Yeah. Yeah, because, because I mean, when they talk about Amelia talks about how we were the ones that formed basically formed this orphanage and all that other stuff. I didn't get that at all. I mean, it's like Oh, that okay. So there's the backstory. It's like, but yeah, they could have given that backstory a long time ago, and that would have probably helped us out a little more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you know they they focused on penance. Uh, not penance. Prudence is it prudence? Who's the the tall girl again? The ten foot, the fifteen foot girl. With, what's her name again? Primrose. I'm, I'm, now, I'm now forgetting names too. Primrose. Primrose. Yeah. That's it. I knew it was P. I knew it was Primrose. P. Primrose. I said Prudence, but it's it's Prim, Primrose. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, they fo- they show her. They show all these characters. A little shots of them at the first episode and stuff. Um, and oddly, I felt I knew Primrose more than I knew Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, I don't know. Well, there's uh, one last thing that we really haven't talked about, and yeah, that that's, is that's, the message. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. That, that was. Um, so the, yeah, the girl that can't speak English but can speak every other language had to give her a message across with um, pictures to Primrose. And eventually they got that she heard a message in Mary's song. Now, and- are, we, are we assuming that, that, yeah. So, so she Myrtle is, is the one that um, I, I, I don't think she can write, right? Is that what I'm th- assuming she, she, she can, yeah, otherwise she could still communicate. I think she thinks yeah. in the languages that she's speaking at the moment. And right. so she can't write it down because then it would be in that language or whatever. And so she just can't write. Yeah, probably. She's never learned to write. So yeah, that's possible too. Yeah, read or write. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, that's all I, think they, I think they actually asked her, you know, can, can't you read or write? And she kind of shook her head like, no, I can't. Gotcha. So, I mean, because I mean, she's kind of from a, I mean, you can kind of tell when we when we first meet her that she is not from a very well-off family, so she probably didn't have much of a chance to really go to school. That's a good point, especially in that day and age when 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 girls and women, um, edu- quote unquote, education wasn't important uh, for a lot of families for for girls and women because of you know uh, I guess uh, discrimination, I guess. Yeah. But knowing uh, language would definitely help her. Yes, it would. Yeah. But you know, you know what's weird about this whole scene, and and again, it didn't occur to me until this this whole subplot was her character just feels like a gimmick. It does, yeah. You know, because it's like they could have had anybody figure out that um, there was a, a special message that was being said. 
but again, I guess it makes sense that it would be her, right? Because she can speak and understand foreign languages. And I assume that's what Mary, I don't even know what it was Mary singing. Was she sp- singing a language? She must well, have. it was probably a language of the touch. Yeah, yeah. And so Myrtle has the ability to understand other languages. So she's the one that, but I, I'm, I'm curious, did she, why, why did it take her so long to, to notice that Mary was singing? I don't think it took her long to notice. I think it took her a while to explain that she noticed something. Yeah. Uh But you would, you would think she would, she would have been running over to people even during it. Yeah. Yeah. Mary's. Yeah, exactly. And even after Mary's dead, before her body was even laying on the ground, you would think, or right after the funeral, she's, she, you would think she would be grabbing people's uh, specifically Amelia or Penance or even Lucy, because we're assuming now Lucy was considered one of the more important people in the group to, you know, pulling on their skirts and saying, you know, something in their her, her foreign language that I know something, I know something, you know, but she does it very late after the funeral. And, to someone that uh, that isn't necessarily a, a quote unquote leader of the group, right? Like, uh, yeah. so I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's why I felt it was gimmicky because you would have thought. I, I don't know if that was me. If I was Myrtle and I heard Mary and it was like, and we're assuming now, and this is an assumption that she understood Mary's song uh, immediately you would think she would immediately have gone over to people even at the funeral, after the funeral, anytime. I mean, acted excited, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because even after the funeral, you know, everybody's, uh, meets together and does their cheers and, you know, Mary was a great person, whatever. And at that point, you still think she would have said something, even though she can't communicate. If that was me, I would be like, banging my hands on the, on the damn tables, trying to get everybody to understand what I'm, I know. You know, yep. yep. So yeah, I don't know. I I just I, again, I I think it was um, written oddly for for someone who knew that there's a secret message that was being sung. I guess I don't know. But so what, what, let's talk about that secret message. So so all right. Yeah. So we have the gimmick. You know, we we find out what the message is eventually, uh, and then eventually there's another. Uh, do X back where someone actually now understands one of the languages Myrtle is saying. Well, they right. go in search of someone. Yeah. To be able to try yeah. and figure out what she's, what she's saying, which right. I'm surprised they didn't try sooner. So they could communicate with her. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. You would think they would have hired someone or brought someone in. Yeah. To, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And, and so she says the message in this interpreter well, they get uh, a different person for each language. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, because it, it changes, right? Her language changes every sentence, it seems. Right. Because like one time, moment she's speaking Mandarin, the next moment she's speaking Latin. And, and French. And, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, this cliffhanger really made me roll my eyes. It's like, oh, come on. What 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 is this message? What what did you guys get out of this message? Well, the the interesting thing is is that she would, um, as she as as uh, 
Primrose was reading off the the message, you know, the translation that they are. Was it Primrose? Uh, or no, I think it was it was it the uh, the Indian woman? Yeah, the Indian woman was t- talking about it. Yeah, hang on. to uh, to the whole group. Uh, Harriet, that was Harriet. Harriet that read it off, and so she read stuff, and it was like Amelia understood what the message meant, but nobody else did. Yeah, you know, and it was like it was coming from someone she knew. <laughs> yeah, and part of me was wondering. Because I mean, I, I, there there is a scene with uh, Malady uh, that was a, that was a little interesting. Yes. Yep. You know, uh, and and I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But uh, part of me is wondering if somehow that it was a message from from Malady. I mean, it sounded like it could have been a message from Malady. You know, because she's talking about you know, come visit me in the darkness, and I I don't know. Are you uh, talking about the line where they both repeat the same line? Malady's in the cell and she says the same thing Amalia says when she's with Lucy. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know if that's it or not, but I mean, the thing is, is that it, I mean, Amelia recognized, it's like it meant something to Amelia because, I mean, she's normally not particularly emotional. And this one, she started to cry. Amelia. So that kind of makes me wonder all right what what is this message what is it you know obviously what is the message what does it mean that sort of thing so hopefully next week we'll at least we'll at least get some sort of idea of what you know what they mean what they're talking about um but then going back what i've just mentioned earlier about uh melody um because Monday goes into that club and and you know pretty much manhandles Swan and pretty much threatens to to beat the stuffing out of him until Swan's like hey you know talks some sense into him says hey why would I do that why would I put my own signet on a card you know for you to find I mean why would I do that you know it that's just not that that just not smart. You know, and and Mundy realizes, yeah, that's true. But then he also says, you know, I have pretty much nothing to do with you. You know, you have no hold over me because, I mean, I don't care anymore. But then um, and he realizes he's going to get in trouble with his superintendent. So he comes in, he's he's waiting to get chewed out by a superintendent. But the problem is, is that uh, Malady has the superintendent by a garroting wire. And she's like, hello, how are you? You know, kind of very Malady style. And they, they also mentioned that Malady wasn't at the funeral, at, at uh, Mary's funeral, even though, and she said, and they, they were talking to each other. And finally, he, she says, yeah, and she mentions the funeral, and Money says, you were there? I said, oh, yeah, I was there. I was, I was with, essentially, she says that she pretty much was in the coffin with Mary. He says, mm-hmm funny and that was not her favorite dress you know and she takes some of the flowers that they threw on the grave and she threw it at monday and i'm like oh this this girl is definitely wackadoodle uh you know she's a loony but uh i have to admit though she she's kind of she she's definitely uh psycho psycho but 
in, in some ways she's almost entertaining. But uh, so they, they kind of have a talk back and forth because Malady is really upset that, you know, the, the touched are getting a really bad rap in the press and she's getting a bad, you know, she's getting, she's like, they're, they're telling lies about me in the press. And so the guy's like, look, let him go and we'll, we'll talk to the press and we'll, we'll, we'll tell him to calm down. You know, we'll tell him to tone it down or whatever. And, and so uh, she pretty much says, okay. And then she flies out the window and, well, she doesn't fly. She she falls out the window and she lands on kind of something soft, and then she ends up she ends up getting uh, uh, caught because Mundy goes after her, catches up to her, and slams her head against the wall and knocks her out. Oh, and that reminds me the uh, the big guy from uh, from last week. The hang on, um, uh, yeah, the, the guy that walks on water. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to, I'm, um, it's no big deal. We know who you're talking about. Right. Right. He's, he's alive. Yeah. I thought that was very odd too. You know, they, they ended up saying, you know, he, he ends up saying, you know, he's cause that's one of the places they were. That's actually where, um, you know, fire Annie was looking as they were, she was looking for this guy's apartment and they're like, that's when they're saying, leave him alone. He's just kind of for hire. You're not going to get anything out of him. And that's when we meet Jack Nimble. And it's like, okay. Um, but, yeah, she... And the funny part is, is that Far Annie actually listens. She says, okay, fine, I'll leave him alone. Which is kind of odd, because it's kind of weird for her to really take orders from a complete... I, it just finds it odd that she would take an order from a complete stranger. Um but, uh, yeah, but end up, I mean, I understand that if you get, I mean, if you're choked, it doesn't mean that you're, you're dead, but it, you know, if you're, if you're choked, but you know, you, you let off, uh, uh soon enough that, you know, you just knock the person out. But I mean, I thought Amelia did such a job. I, I mean, did such a job on the guy that, that she did kill him. I mean, that I, I honestly thought she, that guy was dead, but Granted, he is big and strong. I mean, like humongous and really, really strong. So that's probably to, that's definitely to his advantage. But uh. no, 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 that was a fair point to bring that up because I thought that was very odd. Because yeah, we see her leave him. We're assuming he's dead because it looked like she strangled him, and then she goes to the 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 park to watch the singing, and it's like. Okay, if you're just attacked and almost murdered by someone and you didn't kill him or bring him to the police and you just left. I, I mean, the whole thing was just weird because it's the scene cuts from there to the funeral. So we're I mean, not the funeral through the to the singing scene. So we're assuming he's dead. And so to just suddenly say he's alive in this episode, that was kind of bizarre. I felt. Yeah. Um, they should well, have I showed thought it was I thought it was bizarre that um, Mundy was able to beat Malady, too. That was really weird, and not only beat her, but he—it looked like he killed her. To be honest, it did but, look that way. Yeah, yeah, smashed pretty, her head into the wall like a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Um, also, though, the important part of that scene really was basically to let us know, the audience, that she's not guilty of killing Mary. Right. You know, because that, I mean, because that when they were talking about who's the murderer and they, you know, they start naming off everybody in the same lad, Mal 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 is possibly one of them. But 
that's the reason she's at the the um, police office trying to strangle her at Monday's boss is specifically because she's pissed that people on the press, uh, fake news, is saying that she's the murderer. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I didn't kill Mary. That's not right. <laughs> you know? Uh, and also, she's not a wackadoodle. She's a behavioral health individual. She's a wackadoodle. The loony. She is a Cuckoo! Cuckoo! Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's... it's uh, uh, I, I I don't. I mean, that scene was weird too because again, it makes sense what she did. That that she's there because you it's know, she's sad not, that her craziness makes sense, yeah. <laughs> but it does. <laughs> but but for her to get caught that easily, it was way too weird. Yeah, yeah because she's fighting ha- hand and foot with Amelia, and okay, Mundy's a was a, a boxer, but. Again, Amelia probably could even kick Mundy's ass. So it's like, I, I I don't I don't know how she didn't put up an awesome fight against Mundy. You know? Yeah, that was really weird. Um, any other scenes or things that we want to bring up uh, that we missed, or or items that you guys had on the agenda that you wanted to talk about? Because um, I know we we did grab most of the the big scenes anyway. No, I don't really have anything else. No, I'm all set. All right. Um, yeah, so uh, the only thing, other thing is I would have said was that uh, there's going to be some sort of show-off or, or something about Lavinia and whatnot. What do you guys think the message is going to be that she knows about Merit from Mary, That what what it means and who who it's from? Because they, say, they also say the message was as if someone was singing through Mary, right? As we discussed. So, and it, like we said, it could be, you know, like almost like Melody, Melody had said it. But what do you, what do you think that's going? Any ideas or are you guys as, as stumped as me? We'll, we'll find out. I mean, I really don't know what it all means, but we'll see. Yeah, it's, it's so, it was so obscure. and. We just, you know, like I said, they don't give us enough of Amalia to really know anything about her. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So she's she's a widow. She tried to kill herself. All of a sudden, she had powers to see the future and decided not to kill herself. And now she took over, you know, leading a bunch of women in an orphanage that have powers. And other than that, we don't know much about her motivations. <laughs> Right, right. Oh, and she she has another power too, which is a kick ass power. Yeah, kick ass. Yeah, yeah. All right, sounds good. So that'll be something that we'll uh, have to wait and see for episode five. Uh, so we have two more episodes of uh, the show before it goes on hiatus. Uh, whether that's permanent or not, I don't know. They claim it's it's not, but we'll we'll, we'll find out. Um, hopefully, they'll they'll announce something but as hbo does they usually don't um anyway uh, next week is going to be called hanged uh written by melissa Ickbull and directed by josh whedon um and that's may 9th 2021 uh so we'll, we'll come back to talk about that 
next week. Um, all right, so let's give our it final ne- thoughts. They What's didn't up? have a preview. Oh, yeah, you're they, right. So next week. Yeah, they what they did was they went right front. What? No, did they have a preview? I didn't see one. Yeah, you're right. I don't remember either. I never get uh, previews on the HBO Max, so I don't know. Oh, I did. But. Yeah, yeah. I wa- I usually watch it after, so you know the VOD HBO Max, and they usually have previews at the end. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't remember. I do remember they did have the the little thing, which was basically uh, a discussion between the two lead actors, uh, uh, Masson and Amelia, in that scene. Uh, the lead actors in that. Um, office scene um and that was what they talked about in their little five minute um documentary behind the scenes uh but yeah i don't remember a trailer it's technically the penultimate episode of of this portion right yeah next week is the penultimate (laughs) episode of this portion that is correct Yeah. yeah And once again, that's called Hanged. Uh, all right, so let's give our final thoughts on this episode. So uh, let's go opposite. So let's go with you, Kevin. Um, like I said, I I enjoyed this episode more than the, the two of you. I mean, I know you, you didn't hate this episode, but I found myself enjoying this episode, especially with, I guess, after the... the um, the death of Mary, maybe a little levity was kind of what we needed. And I, I, like I said, yeah, there were a couple questions and a couple like, right, you know, rushed plot points that they did, but I still, I still liked it. All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, it, it wasn't my favorite episode. Um, and I, I don't think it, it was, it holds a, "Quote unquote torch to the the other episodes prior, uh, but uh, you know, I mean, it, it was almost, it's really kind of a bridge episode almost, um, and and stuff, and a lot a lot of pieces to it. Like, is he is are you guilty? Is this person guilty? Is that person? It's like, yeah, well, I mean, we kind of know more than the lead characters, which is Lavinia is is probably the most guilty, but you know, all in all, it's uh. It's you know it's still part of the show, and it's it's it is what it is. Um, wasn't a huge fan, but um, it kept my entertainment. Uh, Barrett, um, I enjoyed watching the episode. It just unfortunately brought to the front for me a few issues that are cropping up with the show. Um, but other than that, I, I thought it was a decent episode. It's just the the previous three were a lot better. So, but I liked it. All right, very good. So a uh, couple of uh, things to wrap up. Uh, once again, this episode was called The Undertaking, uh, directed by David Samel uh, and written by Madur- Madhuri Shekhar. Um, it aired May 2nd, 2021, and we will know next week it's rating. It'll be curious to see if it is as low as episode three. And if it is, we will discuss um what that means um and and we can even ask a uh, question and discuss uh why as well um but either way uh we'll be back next week so yeah we'll talk about episode five the penultimate episode so uh barrett why don't you leave us up 
Uh, thanks for joining us on Bodices and Corsets, uh, the Nevers podcast. And join us next week when we will go over episode five. <laughs>